All right, folks. Here's the first podcast of uh, 2023. This is uh, Crew Call 4-1. My numbering system is completely out the window, so um, I've, de- I've decided that the first number indicates the year, and um, the second number indicates which one I'm doing that year. And that's apropos nothing at all. But uh, we're here with uh, a, a returning uh, and always popular guest, Mr. Mike Confalone. We last uh, spoke with him in April 2021. And um, a lot has happened in all that time. I think we've got lots to talk about. So we're going to get we're going to get right into it. How are you doing, MC? MR, how are you? Good, as always. Good to see you and talk to you. I see you're wearing one of your famous flannel shirts. I like that. Talion. <laughs> yes. Old habits die hard. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're wearing one of your color block long sleeve kind of t-shirt things. One of my rags. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, we are, if nothing else, creatures of creatures of habit. No uh, and we have known yeah. each other a long time. I would not want to guess exactly when, but mm. is it 20 years? It's not quite that. But if I'm not, gonna, it's damn close. I'm going to say it's coming out. It'll be 20 years, probably in 2025. Yeah, I think around 2005. We Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, as yeah. our buddy Dave would say, it's all a blur, you know, for me. So, right, uh, right. That's a long time, man. Two decades. Wow. I know, and and uh, a fair amount of uh, of uh, cross pollination and, and and interaction on each other's uh, uh, layouts uh, to varying degrees during all that time. Um, yeah. I I guess um, you had come down. I guess that was what November when you came down to operate at my place, maybe. Yeah, probably, maybe. And that was, yeah, that was your first time down here in in in, in some time, and you kind of disappeared sure. onto the uh, Kaiser Valley local, and were never seen or heard from again uh, right. after that. Yeah. What were your uh, any thoughts from uh, from coming down after all that time? And I think the last time you you had physically been here, you were doing the dirty crawl under um, Avoca there. Right, right. Yeah, so it a couple of changes. Some, uh... <laughs> a lot, a lot of changes, and um, all for the good, you know. Of course, and, and I was aware of the progress you were making because we were always talking about sure. it and stuff. So there wasn't really surprise per se. And of course, seeing the photos, but actually being there was to reorient, you know, into the sort of, you know, when you up here in, you know, in my railroad, it's brown, brown, brown all year round, right? Brown and gray, and you come. You all of a sudden, you come into this model railroad. This green, green, green everywhere. So there's a bit of a shock factor there, right? Like totally different. Yeah, totally different. And then walking around and just kind of reacclimating to the locations, and uh, uh, it didn't take long. I mean, no, it's, it's like riding a bike. Like when yeah, I went, when I went, we'll talk about the, in a bit when I went up to your house. Uh, but um, you know, it is um, there was a long period of time there where I knew your model railroad better than mine <laughs> i think you still do <laughs> no not anymore not anymore and you know when that changed that changed when you came up with the uh, the idea that i think we talked about maybe on the last show of um running your own railroad even in between op sessions because for the right. longest time before that you didn't run yeah. your own layout if you weren't having an op session which when you think sure. about it is nuts it yeah. seemed it seemed so obvious yeah. when you said it but until you said it, wasn't thinking right. about it, you know, and that right. is when I learned my layout. 
you know. I think that that whole thing was born out of necessity uh, for obvious reasons. Sure. So you could either mothball it or or operate it, right? So why have this why have this giant thing that you that you put your heart and soul into and just have it sit there? (laughs) It's true. I will say, I'm sure if you go back to the last podcast we had back in 21, I recall being quite enthusiastic about running solo. Right. And I would never change that and yada, yada, yada. However, I would say after returning to more normal, having people over yep. uh, and, and operating, it's a different thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, of course. it's, I think all of it has merit though. Like the, like yeah. you don't have to exclude one in order to do the other. So like at yeah. your place, yeah. You might you might just get an urge to, to to run something solo in between, or you might have yeah. Joe come yeah. over like I have Dave come over and and That's run right. some things in between, and then sometimes yeah. get together with a couple other guys. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. um, I I like the uh, the flexibility of doing it, and I and, mm-hmm. and I love the ability to just at any given time go down there and and run something if I feel like it. Like there's no obstacle to it you just wherever you wherever you left off you start and wherever you stop you start there next time and that has worked like a charm like i can't believe how well that's worked i think it's also a um it's a morale booster when you when you do something that's fun right right it's just it's supposed to be fun (laughs) it's supposed to be fun but being in the um mode of exclusive one-man operations with a large layout just doesn't work well, it really, it really kind of stinks because you, there's no interaction with other trains or other people, and it's not prototypical. So, see, I never got it, there. I never had time to get there. I was yeah. busy learning my layout, learning all right. the jobs, developing right. the uh, waybill system. Yeah. Uh, you know, really getting it in my head. I mean, you know, I always, I always joke that you're still, you know, X number of years ahead of me in the, in the, in the process, right? And it doesn't necessarily translate into, uh, you know, degree of completion. That's not really what I'm right. talking about. You know what I mean? Right. Like, sure. I think you're still easily maybe a year or two ahead in terms of maybe thinking about your operations and uh, maybe even, and we'll get to this in a, in a bit, but, you know, re- revisiting some areas of the layout and going back and making changes to areas that right. were considered finished. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could I do that in the future? Yeah, if my eyesight holds up, you know what I mean? Right. You, right. you know, you, yep. you, you never know. But, uh, you know, I haven't hit that point yet. You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, I'm yeah. just getting into my stride where you were, I don't know, a couple, three years ago, maybe, you know? Maybe. I, I think um, in your case, you're modeling a strict prototype. So you have certain um, restrictions with that and guidelines you need to follow and research you need to do. In my That's case, true. it's a pro, it's a pro to freelance. So, I do draw inspiration from the prototype, obviously, but I have the freedom to make changes at will and to do what the heck I want. Yep. That is a blessing and a curse because I tend to, as you know, um, <laughs> do things on a whim and then 15 no, minutes later, wait you. Like, nah, take that back, <laughs> uh, you know, reel it back in. And so, but that's just the way I operate. I'm, um, it's just the way it happens. So I think, um, well, you're always of, thinking, right? So yeah, that's where you much. come up with this stuff. <laughs> no, 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 some of it's some of it's garbage, but you're always thinking. That's where you that's come the, up with this great stuff. The key thing is at the end of the day, and I think I've demonstrated this, and I, you know, most 
some modelers just never get there, but they um, they get frustrated. So I think in my case, maybe it's from trial and error or just a process of maturing um, decisions that I make with regard to the layout for changing things. I always land in the right place. Eventually we get through, there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of pain sometimes getting there. And we'll talk about some of that. But ultimately, when I do make decisions, I find that I'm making the right one in the end. Right. Not, you know what I mean? Where 10 years ago, decisions made were bad ones. And then oh, but resulted what's, in, you know. What's the, what's the differentiating factor here? Experience, right? Experience. I mean, yeah, experience. You learn, you know, I, I, I've, I've said on, on, I've talked about on other shows how, because um, people always, you know, like their remark on how fast you get stuff done and you get stuff done rapidly too, even without trying to work in a frenzy because we work efficiently and we know how to do it. You know what I mean? So really once you get it in your head, yep. you just, you just build it and we're motivated to actually see it through, you know, because yep. uh, yep. procrastination is usually what trips up uh, most people that are, that are getting right. tripped up, you know, it's a formula. I think, um, Every time I do a scenery project, it's actually become, aside, aside from the actual planning, the execution of it is relatively, it's almost like there's a, um, there's a path forward without having to find the path. An order of business. The materials you use, the order yeah. of operations, it all, it's all follows a, a pattern, right? Yep. A set pattern. That, that picture no, you sent me of, the, of all of the stuff in the aisle there, I looked at yeah. that and I thought, I've seen that picture before. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And there's no, I try to be a little more organized with, you know, I work at a much slower pace now yep. for a lot of different reasons that we've talked about, but um, you know, the end result is you're going to use the same materials and you're going to make the same mess. And you're going to come across the same obstacles. You just yep. need to, you, you know, know how to clean it up and off. you know how to yep. finish it off and you know how to see it through to uh, to a completed scene. That's right. Um, I know that when I, you know, when I went up last time, which was uh, uh, not that long last ago. month, right? Well, we got one coming up. Um, so six weeks back, you were at the last one. So six weeks, you count back six weeks from March fourth. That's when you were here. I think yeah, 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 in January sometime. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I, but I don't yeah. think that was my first time up in a while. But but I guess my point is, whenever I go yeah. up there, yeah. and I and I walk in. Um, Always something new to see, typically. Yep, sure, sure. Um, and I know it well enough that I always notice it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. And yep. Um, and some like that, like that when I went up the last time and I had that all day oxy job there. I mean, I'd never really done that job like that before, which was mm -hmm. very cool because I got to experience it, you know, for me for the first time. Right. On the other hand, it wasn't an issue because so much of where I was and, and, and the running of it, I was already familiar with, you know? Right. Sure. Like, sure. you know, yeah, like it, like I ran through, through the whole oxy area there. And for one moment, I pictured myself on top of it. Back, yeah. when, back yeah. when we built that second level way, way, oh, yeah. way Absolutely. back. Yeah. You yep. cross yep. the cross aisle bridge. And I think she's, I built this thing out of wood and I can't believe it works this well. <laughs> it, it works great that's because it's in confalone world if that was down that's here right. i'd have to build it out of steel i-beams for it to work right <laughs> it I just worked magic, perfectly 
I have a magic dome hanging over the over the railroad. You've got you know, some just... kind of environmental control there that I yeah, do not have yeah. the benefit of. You know, I yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got the, the the same compliment I think of uh, dehumidification that I never turn off. You know, and yep. you yep. only run one, right? Yeah, it runs from like I'll start it up. Uh, you know, you know, it's not that long from now, probably mid March, and I'll run it constantly from there through. You know, probably till December first, nonstop. Right. I don't. Tr- I mean, it's the same with mine, but I don't turn it off. It just turns itself off because yeah, you, you put it at a certain setting, and right. once humidity drops below it, you don't usually see that humidity again until the spring. Mine is a you know, I just put it on continuous running. It just removes the water faster, I guess. Whatever. It, oh, but- so you don't cycle yours on and off to a particular no. humidity setting. No, it stays on. There's a setting on there called continuous operation. It just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. It just pulls water out 24-7. I can tell you yeah. don't have my electric company. No, we we have some of the highest rates in the country. Ever it's terrible. But, I, you know, it is what it is. You know, I prefer yeah. to, to. I bet it costs you 40 or 50 bucks a month to, to run that thing. Maybe. I don't know. I, to, Susan will tell you what the bill is. It's, you know, the heck was it last month? Because they raised the rate significantly, so I don't know what it costs. What right. that thing costs. You know that plus air conditioning upstairs and stuff. But the only difference I have in terms of that, so we have demon. I don't know you've had problems in the past where you didn't run the dehumidifier, or for periods of time. Well, no, the first year when I had the oh. central new central air put in, I I thought, yeah. let's see how it works with just that, and the answer was yeah. not enough. You know, not right, good enough. right, not enough. And humidity oh. could really, really screw you. The only other thing I have is is the carpet. Um, I don't know how much that does or doesn't do. I really I really don't know. Oh, my feet like it. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, I now listen. I just for those people listening who are getting up there in age to their mid fifties, like me or uh, whatever. I mean, I can't imagine standing on a concrete floor for six hours at a time. I just my legs would be destroyed. Right. I run a lot. I'm on a treadmill. Most days, and that's not know, a slab of concrete. No, it's not. Wow. You know, I walk a lot, and um, so I don't want to be standing. And I remember before I had the, the um, carpet, going back to the say early two thousands, I got carpet pads in places at times, and I was like, my God, my legs are killing me. So this, the key is the padding underneath that carpet. Get the right. cheapest carpet, the best pad. Right now, you know, some people say, well, I don't have any padding. I just have the carpet. It's useless. Useless. Sorry. Yep. Useless. The pad Nobody is everything. When, when I did my my whole house with carpeting 35 years ago, we did yeah. exactly that. I mean, we didn't put cheap right. carpet, but we put the best pad. Best pad. Never yep. regretted it. It's still good. Absolutely. I can be downstairs. Not that I am these days that many hours, but I, I can literally be down there all day long. Yep. And never feel anything. Yep. And I'm constantly moving around downstairs. I think I get a lot of exercise just from ducking under stuff. Up and down the stairs twenty times a day. Tell that, me about it. A lot of moving around, so it's so critical. Now, as far as what it does for the environment, the dust and all that, I really don't know. I just don't know. I have a drop ceiling, just like everybody else does. Maybe because I don't burn um, oil, we have the propane. Maybe there's less. Right. And not all panels are created equal. You know, uh, some yeah, some panels true. snow yeah. more than others. Like the panels yeah, in the yeah. addition are much better than the original panels in the on, on that. You know initial train room you know right Those, I, I hate that, i hate to touch them 
like we said the other day, the key, um, if you have rivers, bodies of water, that's the key, that's a barometer of where, if you have a dust problem. In my case, I mean, I have those two major rivers and doing the scenery over at New Vineyard, I have the river crossing just across the aisle at Sandy River. And I, I'm like looking at it the other day, I said, yeah, it looks kind of dirty. And I wiped it, it was dirty, but that's because I'm working with dirt three feet away. Right. But beyond beyond that, I don't clean those rivers more than maybe twice a year. So there's not a lot of dust accumulation. I'll go around and clean the scenery with the alcohol. And I will notice a not an exponentially better look, but it, it, it looks a little brighter, you know. Yeah, or, I tried that experiment. I think I told you and um, I just couldn't detect any difference. We like kind of dirt. Really we may have different dirt. You know what I mean? Like yours probably yeah. calls. And mine it's just kind of yeah. kind of ignores it. You know what I mean? It it's, could be, yeah. Have you ever sprayed the trees, actual tree foliage, like in a section? You don't notice any difference in the foliage color? Nothing. So you shouldn't have a dust problem in your rivers. So if you have dust in the rivers, that dust has to be on the trees. Oh, of course it is. And, oh, and you know, maybe, maybe once or twice a year, I think I told you the way I do it, and this is going to sound nuts, but I, I, take the the I, I take the central vac yeah, yeah. and my small portable leaf blower. Oh yeah, yeah. And I and I just kind of blow off the layout and try to yeah. suck up the cloud with the central vac. <laughs> and it's you know I always think yeah. of you when I'm doing that because I think you'd chortle if you saw me doing that. You like know? this, I would I mean, absolutely chortle. I mean, well, how else can I do it? You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, the only the only way, and again, I did. Um, so your trees, dirt. you couldn't even see dirt on them. No, no, I just sprayed, but I do spray the trees with the alcohol. Right. And um, I see it in the grasses, like the big farm scene at Knox. That, when I spray that with the alcohol, and I saturate it, I mean, you need to, like, spray it and run, get the heck out of there quick. Wow. And I come back the next day, and I'll look, and I'm like, I'd be wow. afraid to do that on my trees to that degree, because I wouldn't want stuff to fall off. I don't yeah, know if so, it would or not, you know. Uh, that's a good question. I know, um, I'm never, I mean, I do the road bed. I do the ballast, yeah, uh, and you can see the ties. Like I'll do a section, I'll just it'll I'll never just hurt track. That's true. I mean, that's yeah, uh, but yeah. it takes it takes the like if you do a section, I you know just a good way to see if the railroad needs cleaning is just to you know mask off a section with some paper, spray it like right. crazy with the alcohol, let it go, come back to, in an hour or two, and if there's a difference between A and B, then you know it's very. I did that in the time. I did that in the Tawanda area. Uh, I put down some like I think a piece of square of wax paper, you know, so nothing would yeah, go yeah. through it. Yep. And then I really kind of sprayed it down good around it because it was looking a little, you know, dingy to yep. me. And um, came back, took the wax paper off, <laughs> couldn't see any difference. I just can't imagine. Are you using like 99% isopropyl and are you flooding it? I'm using you 70. Gotta flood it. You got to get in there with it. The, okay, I'm using 99. I don't know if there's a difference. You got to get in there with a hard spray and saturate it. Like you have to physically um, imagine you removing the dust by force. Pretend that the alcohol is air. You spray it hard, and it really—I mean—that's what I do. It works. So I don't know. Maybe you can't just spritz it from afar. That won't work. Well, I wasn't spritzing it from afar, but I'm sure I wasn't getting it as wet as as you got it because yeah, maybe that's maybe that's. You know, I, I mean, I'll try, try it, it again. You know, I mean, I'll, I, yeah. I, what I should do is try it on you know, a tree and, uh, yeah. and see how it reacts to it. I mean, with the matte medium, it might be just fine. Just like ballast is fine with the white glue. Might be just fine. I would think so because it, it evaporates so quickly. Um, I would think that any grasses you did using the hairspray technique, it might affect that because hairspray 
probably fragile. You know, it's designed to be washed out of your hair. So no, I've never. I've done like um, the, all those pine trees I have. Those are done with hairspray. Really? Uh, and I sprayed the trees hard. I mean, like saturated them. And like, and the first time I did it, I said, "Man, I hope that doesn't defoliate the trees." <laughs> and it and it worked. It didn't do anything. The needles huh. don't fall off. So it must just be something about that alcohol does not penetrate the uh adhesive and it just evaporates quick enough that um it doesn't do any harm so yeah interesting you know. i i will try it again and maybe i'll try it with the 91 uh um, 99 99 if you can find it i don't even know if that exists i mean I, at I mean, the hardware ace hardware has gallon jugs of 99 yeah nasty really? stuff nasty oh, stuff no yeah. when do you have to get out of there after you, you oh you gotta run you gotta run for cover yeah, you can't I'll be that. I'll try it with a 91 because I have it. <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> and I, I don't want to have to Flood, go buy a just, Scott Air Pack to do this. <laughs> just just remember flood soldering, flood cleaning. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of like my lungs to work after. Um, <laughs> I, the only thing I will say in, in closing about the last trip up uh, was that people, you know, people all the time ask me how what it's like to operate of my kind of loans. And I just say, it's freaking great. It's there's no bad jobs on on the Allagash, and yeah. I would like to think that there's no bad jobs here. And so far, that's kind of how it it's hit me. You know, right? Yep. Um, which, I enjoyed the Kaiser Valley job last time I was down to your place. That, and I mentioned that it was um, it was it was neat. The power was cool. It had a pair of I think it was a pair of switchers, which was right. Cool. Right. That always that always improves the when the power is cool it always improves the experience when the sound is a good sound file and you really yeah. work them. But the, the, the industrial park was fun to do. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. Other people have asked me, what's, what's your favorite part of your layout? And I always say it's the last thing that I did. Well, that, there's some truth to that because. And, and, yeah. and that's a segue into your, your new vineyard, uh, your vineyard project. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I said to Dave yesterday was, Jesus, everything is laid is new this and new that. Is that really what it's like up in up in Maine? Well, those three towns, um, New Sharon, New Vineyard, and New Portland, are within it's like a 30-mile swath, and there's these huh. three. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you all... pick a name like that, you literally just take out the map and put your finger yeah. on something. Yeah. Yeah, all the towns on the Allagash are real. Right. And the they're all real places. So New Vineyard lies between New Sharon and New Portland, where the paper mill is. So that was a logical because it's a between point. It was a logical uh, name yep. for that application. Yeah. So for anybody that's not privy to the dozens of dozens of conversations we've had about all of this, this yeah. is a, a an interesting spot on your layout that was probably one of the earlier finished areas that you did, if I'm not mistaken. Like like well, like, like the scene that got excised there it goes pr pretty far back. Yeah, it goes back to about 2011 or so. So it was the first um, piece of published work I did for Model Railroad Hobbyist. Right. And it's an, it's in an interesting kind of a format because it's almost akin to a diorama in that it's built yeah. in a box that sticks into your furnace room. Right. Basically. Right. Yeah. yeah um, instead of having a wall there, it's, we, you know, broke it through. So, yeah. Right. And, and I remember way, way, way back when I first saw that that paper mill scene, um, it was the, you know, the killer elaborate photo backdrop that you did for it that made right. something in a spot like that possible. Right. To right. look good and, yeah. and to give you the feel of it being bigger than than it is. You needed a killer photo backdrop in order to bring yeah. that off. So right. imagine my surprise when one day you 
send me down a picture or two and say, yeah, I basically ripped that off the wall and stuck it behind this other paper mill, which we'll talk about. And I just yeah. looked at that and I thought, geez, this guy just doesn't, he does not care. He, if, if he decides to do it, it's gone. But yeah, then when I saw it behind the big paper mill, I just thought, well, that's obviously what that scene needed. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But I mean, what was that day like when you just said, yeah, I'm just going to rip this to shreds? <laughs> not good. Yeah, <laughs> It's not, always not a good. bad day, right? <laughs> yeah. As you know, I have my issues with anxiety that I deal with all the time. And um, it's just sort of one of those things you have to be careful about when you, for me anyway, uh, to get too wound up making changes like this these days. Sure. Now, back 10, 10 years ago, I could give a crap. I just rip it out. Ah, the hell, it's rebuilding. Now it's it's anxiety provoking because you basically, by doing what I did, I destroyed the scene. So I was it anxiety it. that triggered the urge to do it? Or was it so, anxiety triggered by the fact that you wanted to do it? Or just general anxiety? <laughs> full tilt, man, all the way around. Because... The the compul the obsessive compulsive part of things is that you know what, Mike? That paper mill at New Portland was fine ten years ago. I mean you did it, made a scenery DVD out of a video. Right. How right. to never been done before to my knowledge. Um, and was very effective at you know, produce you know, essentially representing a big paper mill in a very small space. However, very small, yeah. However, Overly compressed, extremely compressed operationally. Well, that represents and an integrated mill too, right? Integrated mill, the whole thing, just extremely limited in terms of what your operational potential was there. Right. So it's every time I walk by it, I'd be like, "Yeah, it's gotten, it's starting to get old, it's starting to get long in the tooth." In terms of, I'm not sure I like it so much anymore. Sure. Um, now the other when something is, starts bothering you, it's like a stone in your shoe. You just can't ignore it. Is. It really, really is. And the other problem is that the transition from Allen, which is on the other side of that little wall, you know, from New Sharon there, from Allen, you got this nice rural scene with the uh, Ethan Allen furniture plant, expansive photo backdrop and big sweeping curve. Within a section of this, you know, a foot, you you go into a paper mill. Well, that, no was, that was the wall you were considering having me rip out for about 24 hours, right? Not even 24, maybe 12. <laughs> so the transition from there to there through this little mouse hole in the wall was severe. Right. And it just it started to become like, you know what? And then when I started thinking about the East Dixfield project, I, I finally got the buildings at East Dixfield, which is a big, you know, 25 foot long sweeping curve, big, big space. I finally got the buildings situated there. The track plan in, we did it all. Right. And I said to myself, okay, I'm satisfied. This is good. It's going to be a good mill. Um, but it had the look of an, it was a non integrated mill. Okay. And it just, I said to myself, am I cutting myself short here or selling myself short by not taking advantage of the space down here to create a freaking monster mill, right. integrated mill? So I started to look at that photo backdrop at New Portland and said, Man, I you know I I just could not resist the idea of what it might look like behind those buildings. Right. Now the only the only way to do that is to rip the damn thing off the wall. Yeah. And by ripping it out of that scene, I could not resist trying it. By ripping it out, you ruin the backdrop in the process. Sure. It gets buckled up. It gets destroyed. I mean, so I you know, in fairness, you could 
print it again, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Spend hundreds of dollars, print it again, and then put it up, and it sucks. No good. <laughs> so right. I said, well, I said, this is a considerable risk. I said, but I, my instinct told me, my gut told me this is the right thing to do. So I pulled it out, hacked it out best I could. And I said, oh, my God, what have I done? And I brought <laughs> No, no use debating the wisdom of this at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. I put it up at East Dixfield, taped it up half-assed, and um, I said, like you said, I sent you a picture, right. and I said, I said, yeah, this is going to be something else. Total now, game changer, because I'd never seen yeah. any backdrop in that spot. And even right. though that wasn't the right backdrop, clearly right. It, it illustrated what it could look like. And that was that started the process of Wow. Okay. So then it, it, it kind of set off a series of events where I had to deal with two things. I had to, this because the backdrop that I took from New Portland to East Dixville was not nearly big enough. It only covered a third of the space. I'm like, right. well, it looks cool, but what the heck am I going to do now? Created that problem, but also destroyed the other scene. What am I going to do with this other scene? I got to walk by this thing every day and say, I destroyed this perfectly good scene. So it's you nothing... destroyed that scene without having a plan to replace it. No, no plan. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, only that I knew I could I could do something. I could because of my skills with Photoshop and everything, I could take that existing backdrop and make it bigger somehow. Do something to make it work at East Dixfield. So that was the first thing I did, honestly, was to solve that problem. Yep. And I took that I took that file into Photoshop and I started to I, I just started to uh, build it. and I You built hit that it pretty the, hard. I mean, you worked in that for a couple of weeks, yeah. didn't you? So, yeah, a couple of weeks. And I made it, uh, it's, it's 22 feet long by 22 inches high. It's, it's a typical photo backdrop. It, it's going to be, and it's not up, as you know, because you'll be up here the day we do it. It's going to be right. like a moving day. I guess it's we're segueing into our backdrop conversation because there's yeah. plenty to talk about with that. I mean, yeah. I think that if you think about your layout, and, um, and like all of our friends' layouts, like Neil's and Jim Dufour's and every, all every, all these layouts, even, was, did you do some for Jim Reddington too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So everybody's had the benefit of your of your photo backdrop work. And right, right. It, yeah. it just, it makes all the difference in the in the world. And, and, you know, it's not to say we're the only guys with good photo backdrops, but um, I guess, I mean, if you look at them, they all... I don't want to say they have a family resemblance because, you know, the, the usually it's the layout owner that's taking the pics. Right. Usually. Right. right, right so right. the scenes are obviously different. Right. Um, but the way the backdrop just kind of works is the family yeah. resemblance, you know. Well, they're done right. You know, there's some. And you learned it on the on the yeah. Allagash, and then everybody else yeah. benefited from that, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. a positive it's thing. Been, it's been great. You know, getting back to, so after I solved the East Dixfield um, mill issue with, by building this huge backdrop for it, um, I went back to, you know, in, in the interim or during, you know, concurrently, I was trying to figure out what the heck to do at the other location now. Because right. like, well, I've got this. And it looked really bad because the backdrop was ripped off. I, the track, you know, was, I immediately just started hacking away. I got a, a, a couple of chisels out, sprayed it with water, and just started. Just I yeah. wanted it bare plywood as soon as possible. I wanted any memory of that thing gone. Remember when I did that at Leesville and Skinner's? It took it right down to the bench. Yeah. Right?
And but the thing is, at this stage of my life, at this stage of the layout, I don't want to be doing this anymore. You know what I mean? I, I that's what was bugging me. I said, you, you screwed yourself here, buddy. You're gonna be suffering until you find a way to make that right. And it took me weeks to figure out what to do in this in that new video. It didn't seem that long. How long did it? Did. Oh yeah, it did. I had you know, it's an iterative process. We had a lot of pictures back and forth. But the first time I showed Dave the first picture, he said he's gonna oxy it. <laughs> he called well, it that, that, that's the easy that's the easy decision to make the decision on because the, the space is small and you're going into a you know this little staging behind this backdrop you know what do you do there how do you take advantage of that space to make it interesting so for anybody who's not a member of the Allagash uh facebook group get on there and take a look at what it turned out as right. you know what it ended up being and it ended up being one of the I, honestly of everything I've done on the layout, I think I'm most pleased with this, and I don't know why. It's got because it's the last thing on. you did. I don't think that's it. I think it's because of the um, degree of upheaval that started the process, and the end result is it just looks right. It really it looks there's a harmony there. Some sort it's a very simple less is more thing going on. Um, and there's not a lot of operation there either. It's simply pretty to look at. Um, and I and I think, you know, I, I guess that I can declare victory there. It was the right thing to do. And I think oh, that yeah. gives me some satisfaction because during the process, I kept saying, man, you know, if you hadn't done this, you could still have a paper mill here with a good bag. You know, what the heck did you do? And the other place could still be a good mill without right. this grandiose thing. But in the end, this turned out really, really well. And the East Dixfield project, looking down the pike, is going to be, that's going to be a mammoth. Thing. Well, New Vineyard is, is clearly, um, it's more space appropriate. It really is. It breathes, you know, it's amazing how much bigger the space looks. If you look at the photos uh, that I had posted, um, the before and after, the mill photos, although they looked cool, it made the space look small. You know, it just the photo backdrop is so tall and the buildings are so big. This right. thing is, you know, it's got the right. It never bothered me. You know what I mean? Like I never no, looked at it no. and thought, and thought that doesn't look right. Never, it never hit me that way. But this looks righter. <laughs> you know, the funny, the funny thing is about when something bothers me. So I actually preferred to operate that New Portland mill at night. I would turn on that. Why do you think I that would, is? I well, because I think it, I think it bugged me that it was so limiting. <laughs> And then you want to see the, less of it when you turn the lights off and I had the halogen strip, I would turn the halogens on really low. So it looked like a sodium vapor cast over the yard. Yeah. You couldn't see that it was so limited. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I found that I, I enjoyed that a lot more and that told me something. So, and I think when you're walking through the room and you look towards that area, you see Allen and then you see the vineyard, they kind of go together. Of course. They, there's there are, there's a harmony there instead of this abrupt transition. And you so, weren't and, always going to have Alan part of the Oxford, right? No. So I mean, we all we all knew that was inevitable, but you know you eventually got there. Yeah, you <laughs> it just know, made the sense. Oxford, the, yeah, the Oxford can so that branch. I mean, if you think about it, it was the decision to cast off the White Mountain branch, the Oxford County, which is a lot of track, really, but it's short on yeah. it's long on miles, short on business really in, in the early Guilford era which were part of that now those decisions were being made all the time to cast right. off these marginal branches so 
why would the AGR want to go up to New Portland for some marginal mill that's going to generate three or four or five cars a day right. and a couple of little bits and pieces? So it made sense. And I, I also look at it as how much uh, when you operate, is it going to be more fun if it was Oxford County based at New Vineyard? What's the operation going to entail? Right. For some I, I assume uh, trackage rights into New Sharon. Is that the, yeah, the yeah. point? Yeah. Right in the yard of New Sharon. And the other, it gives you, like you just said, I only have one live interchange on the whole railroad, and that's the Oxford County Allegash at White Mountain Junction. Well, now this wow, that's interesting. Uh, this is the uh, Franklin and uh, Somerset Railroad, which is a division, you know, division of the Oxford County. Will now interchange with the uh, um, Allegash at New Sharon, so it gives you another live interchange, right? Which are important. You want live interchanges, staging interchanges are just implied, you the, know, to have a live. It, interchange. Conversely. I've ended up with like all kinds of live interchanges and yes. it's what provides for us um, almost unlimited operational opportunities because mm -hmm. what we're finding as we operate um, continuously, it's never the same play way twice. I, I can't even right. explain why that is. It just happens right. organically. Yep. And uh, you think about it, the PNE is interchanging with Conrail and, and DNH. Mm -hmm. Conrail is inter interchanging with DNH, inter interchange with the TMSL in, in Tawanda. Right. Um, and there's a, like at least four staging points. So yep. it, it, um, it sounds mind-bogglingly com mind -bogglingly complex. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that you know, when I was running it myself, the pace was obviously glacial and it didn't mm -hmm. matter. Right, right. And then when I started operating with Dave, it was completely different and right. and and much better because it's a big layout. There's lots to yeah, do. There's you lots know? to do. Right. And then like when when um when you guys came down that time, it, it was like instantly doubled, right? Yeah. And yeah. It, I found it mentally challenging to um, yep. just kind of keep track of everything that was going on. Oh, yeah, sure. There was, there's been very little of that with everything functional right. up, up right. to that point. You know, even, mm -hmm. when, even when Jim came over the other night, you know, we put him on the Kaiser Valley and he had a pretty good, a pretty good uh, job over there to do. Uh, and uh, we, we didn't see him the rest of the night. I mean, that's, that's what he did for yeah. three hours. Yeah, that's um, But it meant that that was happening in mm -hmm. addition to the stuff that Dave and I would normally do. So right. instead of running one road train, we ran two road trains. Yep. And yep. Dave had yep. all he could handle at Pittston Yard. You know what I mean? Oh, so right. um, I think as you add bodies, and we've talked a lot about like the ideal you know, compliment. Yeah. Um, it's not a lot because no, it's not. Yeah. If yeah. you start adding too much, you're going to get back into that. You need like a full time, you know, dispatcher slash project manager to run the thing. You know what I mean? Who wants to do that? You want to I run think, trains. I think you know. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just thinking the other day, and I don't know when I will do this or if I will, but I'm thinking about bringing back a couple of things. I think bringing back the radios i knew you were going to say that yeah the radios first but the dispatching is a possibility as well i think i missed that i miss it it added a a certain um prototypical flair to things and it slowed the pace down 
and it just is something there's something missing from the sessions now i think well you were running with smaller groups we're not going to go right. back to eight nine ten people five six guys is where it's at no um having said that i think having a dispatcher and using radios if we rotate it you know not dave back there all the time but i was gonna say it's a big burden to put on one person right no i will never do that again we'll rotate it you know it'll be fun um you might even rotate it during a session have somebody do have it it seems like something that i would be absolutely terrible at no you'd be fine (laughs) you'd have to do a little homework you'd have to like you know you gotta have that 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 thing in your head that dave has you know and i i don't know if i have that <laughs> i did it i did it for all a long time and i had no well you automatically it. have the layout in your head you conceived it yeah. and thought it up and built it i could do what? that here at your yeah. house i don't know <laughs> get ready <laughs> uh. well you know what you could do is you could um you could pair up um with say dave on his shift and just kind of and have to post yeah you know we'll, we'll figure it out i'm not worried about it right now but it is something i'm thinking about um because there, there seems to be um there's just something now that we're starting to ease back into normalcy i think there's something missing that yep. um i don't mind the radio the radio aspect i mean we've got a, radios are cool, we got a yeah. stack of them sitting here doing nothing yeah. for a long time yeah. you know yep same and thing. and i still like even when it's just dave, dave and i running i'll be i'll be calling out radio-ish things to them you know as i'm right. coming into right. piston yard or or wherever you know yeah yep. um there's it's it's interesting because uh like we automatically do different things yep. when, it, when yep. the two of us running and you know, he'll do his Pittston thing often, uh, right. but then he'll say, "I'm going over to the DNH for a while." You know, and he'll just, <laughs> he'll, he'll 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 run P1 local down to Yatesville, or he'll run yeah. a DNH road train, or switch uh, Taylor Yard. You know, and right. he every once in a while he'll take a Carnrail road train, but I tend to hog those. And yeah. um, every once in a while he'll do Mahoopany, but I tend to do it more often than not. You know, it's just, and I think we well, have our. Our preferences, maybe, you know, I did SY10 uh, last night, which I hadn't done in weeks and weeks and weeks and like really enjoyed it because I hadn't done it in so long. Right. But I yeah. think there was a time when I just kind of got sick of it. You know what I mean? So it's. I remember like when you, when, when we were dispatching here, it was different because in your place, Dave was the, was sort of a roaming dispatcher. Correct. And there's something, not that that's a bad thing, but. When we were doing it here, when either I or Dave was back in the utility room, the door closed, yep. using that Franken mic, yep. there was something about that that was really cool. There was something well, about that. A- absolutely. I mean, when he was here roaming around, that, I, you know, I hadn't learned my own layout. If I didn't have Dave there, I couldn't have, couldn't have had a session. I know that's that sounds right. ridiculous, that's but really that's kind of what he was doing you know he was that's facilitating right. everything yeah. that was actually happening yeah because i was like <laughs> <laughs> you build it and they will come well yeah we'll, well well um i would imagine the test bed for that to ease back into that will be here and whether we do it in the you know the next couple of months few months who knows yep. we'll it'll be interesting it to see what the appetite is like like the novelty of it in the beginning might be really neat and then it might win fast. Who knows? Well, the key the key thing is 
we used to fill out the clearance forms, right? Remember, we used to be writing a lot of paperwork. Remember that? Oh we yeah, that's right. MBS clearance form number yeah, one, yeah. dated blah 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 blah. Like a form so D kind of a thing. Yeah, so you'd have to you'd have to do that again, and um, because you can't, if you're going to dispatch, um, you have to. I don't know. There's got to be some sort of, you know, record keeping or some sort of. Um, well, now you're back to train sheets, right? Well, Dave has, you know, whoever the dispatcher is, Dave used to keep a train sheet. I never did that. I used to have copies of the uh, clearance forms in there. I would fill it out and the person would copy it. And that's the end of it. You keep it simple, right? So um, I wouldn't ask anything more than that of anybody. And I'm not quite sure on the paperwork, how, what the like you said, the appetite for it, whether it's, um, I personally, I miss it. I'm starting to miss it. For a while after we stopped using it, I said, I don't miss that at all. It's so the adding of the people, maybe. I think it's, it was too, when we were doing the dispatch, it was too many people. Right. It was too many people. To it was chaos, really. Chaos, total chaos. So I think if you bring it back with a group of five or six, yep. I think it could work and be a lot. I, I feel like my max would be five. Um, yeah. I think my head would explode beyond that. Well, you know what you could do? But I can I always put another guy, like you could have a two-man crew at Pittston and, and totally justify it. No, you, know? you should you yeah. should have a two-man. It's like Santos was running Madrid with uh, Reddington this last right. time. And I'm like, that's a two-man job. Okay, you can't have right. Dave or anything. Think of how running. long each yard is and how much yeah. is going on. So right. uh, and I, I asked Dave last night about that, and, and, and he said um, – it would be good to have somebody running the engine so he could do mm -hmm. his thing with the cards. You know what I mean? That's right. He's, that's he's right. playing chess, you know, with those cards. That's right. Yeah. And you got it. And that's the other thing you want to have somebody running the engine who does it prototypically and realistically so that the, you know, so the, it's hard if you're running the yard, doing all the bills and, and to run the engine the right way. Right. I'm a stickler on that. I Especially in a yard. It. I mean, there's just so much going on. Yeah, and, I and is a little bit like that too. But maybe, what, maybe the way Mahupani, well, when you think about it, Mahupani is is three different yards that you're running. Yeah, right, right. You could almost right. count the building as another yard. It's got so many tracks in it. So, so you could have two guys there. You could I mean, you could, you could, you yeah. could. Uh, the way Mahupani is designed, uh, I've got a lot of those sorting shelves, and mm -hmm. the operations at the different yards tend to be uh, kind of self-contained. Yeah. So you know, usually when you're switching out the building. You're working your empties out of West Yard there, and it's all like in one spot, so it's not so bad. Right. Um, and with you know, road trains tend to pick up and 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 leave off at, at East Yard more often than not, unless it's just a few cars. So you're like you're down that end, you know, and yeah. you might do chemical mm -hmm. yard while you're down there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Pittston is so long. I mean, it's over twenty. It's probably closer to 24, 25 feet at this point. Yeah. How long is Madrid? Similar, Around, right? Something like that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you think yeah. about it, you know, and you've got that long lead, you know, heading yeah. down a yeah. dead river. Yeah, the dead river run. <laughs> we still uh, talk about that here. I've got a couple of dead river runs. Yep. The Yatesville yep. run is a dead river run. A dead river run. Yep. Dave seems yep. to like it. Yep. Absolutely. I can have it. That's one, I don't think I've ever done it. <laughs> let him just let him do his thing. No, I think, I think two men is, um, see, you don't, you may not quote need two guys to run Madrid or Pittston or whatever, but it's better with two people. It enables you to have a second person there, another guy 
without having to have them clog up the aisles and run keeps, around. Keeps it fluid, you know, especially if yeah. you have multiple operators, you know, in, in I mean, yeah, I guess that's true here too. Like each of those yards is a, is like the nucleus of the entire operation. Sure. So, yep. um, but I don't know if Madrid is ever not busy. I guess sometimes it is. I mean, Pittston can be like completely terrace or dead. You know what I mean? Well, it's feast or famine, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's, yes. That's part of the problem. This past obsession we had here when Dave was like, Dave comes in, oh, there's hardly anything in the yard. It's almost empty. I said, yeah, that's not going to last very long. Right. And right. before you knew it, he was in total chaos, right? Was that Which by design bad, or so. just how you left off? I don't remember. I, I was, I, I've lost a train. I, I'm missing a train somewhere in the land. I said, what did I do? Like the traffic is off in one direction. I did something at some point months and months ago, and I didn't never corrected it. I can't find a way to get back. I completely so, understand that. Whatever, when you think whatever. about it, I've got my I've got my northbound and my southbound Conrail trains, and I usually have two of each. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, and yet somehow I've got a fifth one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. Right. So it means that the yards are always imbalanced now. Yeah. The only yep. thing I can do is just take an entire train off the layout to fix it because. Yeah, I've been trying to fix it like you know during sessions, and it's just it never seems to work. That's what I did after the last session. I pulled about twenty cars out of Madrid and put them in boxes. I said, yep. "All right, I don't know what's going on here." Well, have you been gonna... have you been weathering cars, new cars, and putting them on the layout? Because I know that's no, part of my problem. No, 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 no. It's the same old stuff, really. If, I mean, a couple oddballs here or there, but yeah. it's nothing there. So you can't even no account idea. for it. No idea. No idea whatsoever. I know, like, we're going to operate again on Monday night. I think Jim's coming by again. So yeah. we've got, what usually happens is we've got, you know, the road trains and then we've got locals. And I run a lot of locals. Monday night will probably be all locals. That's how many locals are, are needing to be done. Right. So that's going to be interesting because you're going to have, like, three guys doing locals simultaneously. Right. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened. We'll, yeah, we'll you know, see how it goes. You know, like at yeah, some point, Pittston is going to get bombed, right? When all of these locals bring stuff yeah. back in, you know what that's I mean. Right. So uh, that it, it's it's I think it's different when you have more than one person bringing stuff back to Pittston Yard. The Pittston Yard guy is going to at some point have to get off a local and be a yard guy again. Be you know a yard guy, so, and that's where that's where the extra bodies come in for the yards to have it fully staffed, where you can be working that yard constantly. Right. You know, never, right. Never, never stopping, you know, and so it's not on one guy, it's two guys, you know, to, to do that. So. Right. Now, the X factor for me operationally is, let's say you had, you know, five people. Right. You, you're going to have X amount of activities. Let's say you two, put two people in Pittston, you still have three operators, you know, that will be at various times doing things. I haven't the faintest idea how that will affect the staging yards. Um, right. I don't know if at some point I'm going to be ending up live live restaging because I have to. You know what I mean? Like I haven't had yeah. that problem yet to solve. Right. So it, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how to see how it goes. Right. Good deal. But you know, we well, do shorter sessions than than you, although yours are shortening up too. So yeah. you know, you operate for three four hours. By that time, your feet hurt and you and you you're saturated. You know. I think we uh, I don't know, last time we did. It's probably five or six hours total time, you know, with the lunch break and all that. So right, right. No marathon sessions anymore, but yeah, you know, that's a good a 
good chunk of time. Oh, I think so. I think so. So we each right now have a a very expensive roll of photography sitting there waiting to put up on a wall. Right, Um, right. I haven't even gotten a bill from mine. He just sends me this I haven't either. I haven't either. I thought last time it came in the roll. You know what I mean? Ah, but the invoice late. They're, they're not good. Yeah. Invoice. So I have the faintest idea what what this costs. We Dave and I unrolled a good, I don't know, six eight feet of it last night. And looked at it and and yeah. I mean it looks good, you know. Good. Yeah. So I I, I think what I'm going to do because I've got two full pitched injunctions on that roll plus about eight of the um, you know the smaller oh, ones. You know, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So I'm gonna I think I'm gonna take the roll. And, and and cut it into its component pieces so i'm not looking at this giant thing you know and right, then maybe start right. working on removing all the stuff that's got to be removed from pitched injunction and then kind of see what i'm dealing with you know right okay. but i look at that spot and the way the light hits it and uh and even even in your uh little was it a video you sent where you're talking about the the glint on the top of the backdrop where it wasn't quite up against the wall or was it a picture oh, oh was it photos from facebook yeah Maybe yeah. that was it. But, yeah, yeah. You know, you look, I look at when something doesn't have tape and it's just yeah. completely flat, you know, right. by, by the spray glue. And I think Confaloni's going to get me to do the groundwork on this one. I can tell. <laughs> I, I can tell. I, I just. So you're going to buy, you're going to get some different adhesives and try them or just use the 70. I might have to. I was hoping you would do that. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I got nothing to. Well, I probably could do that. I had. There was a video on YouTube, a 3M video that described all the adhesives. And yes. What they, you know what I mean? I you sent me the link that. on that. And then you said, which one do you think? And I think oh, I, I did. Send you? Okay. You, you yeah. did. And I responded. I watched it and I said, I think X would be the one you'd want. I'm going to okay. have to go back to that uh, yeah. somewhere in our endless text thread to figure out what that is. Because but the only yeah. see in my case that you've got like a nice clean slate there, right? You can take those buildings off as you will. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have nothing but table there. Maybe put some foam down so you don't wreck the right. track or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could have three people on top of your layout if you needed to. If necessary, yeah. Now think about Pitts and Junction. I've got the area, you know, like towards the Duria side. I've got yep. the junction itself, which is a T. So, yep. you know, you, you really like would have to get up on top of that. And you've got the, the right. rest of it, which you could probably reach from the aisle. Okay. It's looking like a three-person job, but then I think, so how do you do this? Do you spray the wall? Do you spray the mm. photo? Do you try to do a little bit of a timing? I mean, I've got the same issue you do, except it's not as tall. Yeah. And it's more yeah. difficult. You know what I mean? So I, I'm actually thinking, you know, Mr. Long Arms here, Mr. Wingspan oh, yeah. might be very useful for this, you know? I have a very long wingspan. I noticed so, that, uh, yeah. And very flexible, so yeah, I come you, down. You're like the opposite of Dave, right? So we got to put Dave with the <laughs> easiest to reach part, part, you know? Dave can Dave can go get sandwiches at Jersey Mike's <laughs> and get them back. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm, I'm, once I get the thing cut out, and I'm going to yep. try it in place, you know, somehow, okay. or at least try yeah. to try it in place, because... Yep. It's kind of the thing that I've been waiting for for a long time to sure. to complete that. Um, okay. But however, <laughs> however, um, something you said in one of your snarky remarks to, to some photo I sent you one time got, got me <laughs> thinking. 
Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and and I started thinking about the left hand side of Pittston Yard, you know, to the left of the engine terminal. Okay. Yep. And you're gonna laugh when I describe this, but you remember the sea of power that was there. I yes, I remember that. I I did make a snarky remark. You did about make a snarky that. remark. Yes, so, yeah. uh, so when Dave came over last night. I took a couple of A-line boxes because it took two <laughs> and I cleaned all of the engines out of there. Okay, and I started yeah. talking to him about it. I started looking at the photos we had of, of all of that. But even funnier, when I took all the engines off of there, yep. what did I find? I had the roundhouse and the stalls already planned out and drawn onto the cork. You gotta be kidding me. I Hey, and I, I was farther along. I completely forgot about that. Wow. That was oh probably two years ago. Oh, my God. Or, a year, you know, maybe a year ago, but I mean a long time ago yeah. to the point where yeah. I forgot. Dude, I took the engines off and I thought, I'm a lot farther along on this than I thought. Yeah, right, right. So, wow. so then, because I used to look at it and think, I don't know what I want to do there. Actually, I do. Yeah. See, <laughs> I got to figure it out. That always struck me as a scenic uh, highlight of that yard, that old beat up roundhouse. Right? Absolutely, we looked at all kinds of pictures of it, and and uh, you so know, was, that, was it being, was it being utilized in your era by Conrail, or was it abandoned? It was sort of, sort okay. of. Uh, there were a couple of tracks going into it, but there were you know doors askew and, and yeah, uh, that's great though. Inspection picks foot pits full of water, and you know what I oh, mean, wow. just you know. Yeah. Uh, above the doors and you can i almost wish i hadn't taken apart your old roundhouse you know what i mean but above oh, yeah. the above the doors there's like a clara story you know yeah. and um they have like these wooden vents like okay. vents and i looked at that and i thought yeah. hell would i make that you know right, right. i mean i don't know but it, it's a cool building uh it's all poured concrete so i think i could probably lay it up out of styrene but i also have to make sure that it looks you know abused so Beat up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's gonna that's gonna be a little bit of a challenge but but a good one you know what i mean yeah yeah um but it solves solves the problem you now you know what to do in that space when i took those engines off of there and i saw the thing drawn in place and i thought i have no memory of even doing that let alone wow. when i did it but yeah. i looked at it and i thought yup that's what i want to do yeah, so I look right. at that and I think, boy, that could be a cool little February into March kind of a project too. You know what I mean? So right. Right. Um, I could envision over the next two, three months, maybe working on both and bouncing back yeah. and forth as, as mood uh, strikes me, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to shut the layout down to do that. No, no. That's the nice so thing. Getting, about getting back to your uh, photo backdrop. You've already done a photo backdrop with the spray. So what's the difference? Well, right, the that's, one that's not actually completely accurate. I've done a, a a relatively short section of a photo backdrop with the spray. That ransom, the ransom. Just ransom? the very left hand side. That's the flexible uh, styrene portion. Okay. That, that I pull back to get to the electrical panel. Right, uh, right. And I did it because I couldn't get tape to stick to the styrene, and for whatever reason, yeah. I couldn't do yeah. it. Not reliably. Was so, it the? Uh, was it the new painter's tape, the uh, the easy? Yeah, stick no, it was the good one. That was the good the one. The old one. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah and I so put the whole did. backdrop up with it, and for the most part, that's that's fine. You know, there's a couple. So of why spots would you change? I'm going to But why would you change sprays? It already had success with the Super Seventy Seven. So 
just use it for the new one, right? Would that, does that make sense? Or, or are you concerned about the working time? Is that, is that really this is all driven by the working time? Like with mine, I think we so. Have to get, yeah, we have to get something. That, you were, this this thing that you made up was like eleven feet or so, right? Sounds about right. The yeah. piston junction. Yes. But, yeah. Okay. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's not that. That's pretty easy to work with. I mean, it's only this high, right? That's, that's why I want to cut it out and and see how it hits. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. I still want to see if when I just kind of put it up in place, mm -hmm. if it, if the, you know, I, I don't want it like falling into any cracks, that would be a problem. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. once the stuff grabs, that's the thing, oh, you know, yeah. like right. that one that I said to you seemed like the way to go. It had, didn't have like 15 minutes working time or something, you know what I mean? Repositionable. I think that's what we want for these long things, you know, because you can't tell how you're doing until you I get know. to that point. The other issue that I, I was starting to think about is you're going to want the whole backdrop coated with the spray. You wouldn't want to like spray, in my case, the bottom six inches and have the top of it not stuck. You got to have the whole thing stuck, which almost means that you want to spray the backdrop and not the wall. wall. Not the wall? Why not? I would just spray the wall. Well, you're saying... Well, if you spray the wall, now you're going to have glue above the backdrop. What do you do about that? Well, I would test what is the glue when it dries on the wall? What does it look like? Do we know? doesn't look like wall. It looks like glue dried on the wall. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you just... It's got some texture that. to it. You know what I mean? Does so, it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I looked at that and I thought, hmm, yeah. a little bit of that at the end of the ransom backdrop. I can, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. 11 feet of that in the way the light oh, hits that wall, yeah. you know, like the, like the temp one that I put up. I put up with the blue painter's tape, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah. could see every lump. Yeah, right, right. And I don't want to see every lump on this from, you know, because yeah. I think the way the light hits it, you know, it needs yeah. to be really flat. It needs to be tight. Yep. Yep. I think you're going to be in the same boat with your two foot high sky back. No. You know, that thing's going to be a nightmare. I just know it's going to be a nightmare. It's right. going to be, a, well, it might go very well. We have the right product and the right personnel and we, plan it out it should, could go very very well right however it's i'm not that's why i'm not in any rush and like i said well and, the, and then the other thing is okay i've got my 11 foot backdrop and i want to spray the whole back of it yep where do i do that you, yeah you, you, like maybe run long. a whole sheet of wax paper roll down the uh the piston aisle and lay it face down there and spray it and then how do you handle it and you know right. what i mean it's like a lot of things i wonder i wonder you know, we haven't really looked into this. And, and it's on two it's aisles. It's, it spans two different aisles. Yeah. So you're going to want the person on the, the Doria side to be holding one end of it. Yep. Well, how do you get one of it, one, one end of it in one aisle and the rest of it in another? It's like, you know, it's logistically tricky. Have we ever, I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but is there any merit to considering wallpaper paste for any of these projects? Because essentially what you're doing is putting up wallpaper. Right. And wallpaper is moved around. You have all kinds of time to move it and screw with it and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know what modern-day wallpaper paste looks like, feels like, how it acts. I don't know anything about it. All I'm saying is... Having something is, that you didn't have to spray would give you enormous control. That, that's what you I'm thinking. You almost roll yeah. it on with a five-inch roller as you, that's right. as you spread out. And, yeah, that's right. and the only thing is... 
you know, wallpaper backings are designed to work with wallpaper paste, right? I know. Yeah. Photo backings, I think wallpaper paste tends to be, you know, water-based. Right, right. I'd, I'd be concerned with it soaking through the photo and wrecking it. Yeah, it could, it could destroy it for all I know. I have right. no idea. I just don't, I'm throwing spitballs here saying, is there a product that can be brushed on or rolled on? Right. The, the spray is the problem. You can't control spray very well. Right. In my case, I have a, you know, it's going all the way full bleed to the top. So you just need to spray the whole In thing. In some ways, that's an advantage because you don't have right. that demarcation line. I don't. No. Between the sky and the photo, like I have in, in, in but in, it, but inherently sprays and these kinds of sprays are quick drying, you know. Well, that one you, that I selected though was fifteen minute repositionable. You know what I mean? So my what I, I envisioned was you'd spray the first I don't know three or four feet mm -hmm. and get the backdrop up onto that, and then as you're bringing more backdrop down, you're spraying another three or four feet. Right. And if you run into trouble. You got some time to hopefully, you know, peel back and and, and yeah. jog it a little bit. You know, I mean, that's what I was envisioning at your place. I don't know if I believe that 15 minutes. That seems highly. That seems best case scenario. I don't even I just don't believe it I, well, for whatever reason. I just don't. And, how, can how, spray? how repositional, uh, how, how repositional bowl is it at 14 minutes as compared to that's four? Right. That's right. You know, right. Are you are you fighting with it? And in, in doing so, are you ripping it, right. tearing it? So these are all unknowns. And, we, and so. we're spending hundreds of dollars on these things. So it's not oh, yeah. like you have, yeah. you know, something right. that you can just kind of fool around with. Now, I do have two pits and junctions. You know what I mean? So if by right. some, right. you know, problem we messed one up, I, I, I've right. got another one, you know. Um, but I think my goal for that was, you know, someday in the future, if it, I don't know, got damaged or started to look bad or whatever, I'd have a spare. You know, you. I don't have a spare. Mine's a one-off, man. Right. I mean, I have the electric. I can always have it reprinted, but this thing is massive. And right. they they cut the sky. You know, they cut it so it's full bleed. They went through that process. This thing's got to work. Um, so that's why I said. I think we could probably benefit from the Pittston Junction uh, experience. You know what I mean? Like it might be an easier yeah. one to attempt first before doing the full height one. Well, I'm just trying to think of an example of of a of somebody, you know, there's a lot of photo mounting videos on YouTube, but nobody mounts 22 foot long, 22 right. inch high photos. Right. It, this is so we're dealing with something that the only thing that is close is wallpaper, you know, and that's the question is wallpaper paste. You don't almost have to take a piece of you know go to the damn paint store and get some wallpaper paste. I, I was just going to say this is oh. your homework assignment because you've got pieces of backdrop i have lots of pieces of backdrop. so yeah. get some wallpaper paste and there's probably different yeah. kinds because right. i think there's right. different there's different paste like you've done wallpapering right sure almost got divorced over it uh, listen it's so, a, so I it's a, years, it's a test of a marriage no question about that i at yeah. my old house when i first yeah. got married we did that and i said this is not something we will ever do again. That or putting not together, the two of that us. Or, that or putting together a gas grill. Those two things are in. No, no I just no. do that myself. Yeah. Um, but when you think about it, this vinyl-ish kind of wallpaper, yeah. and then there's yeah. the regular one, and there's different wallpaper paste for the two things. Right, right. And I'm I'm thinking that the regular wallpaper paste might be 
you know, too water-based and soak through, whereas maybe the vinyl maybe. one might not, you know what I mean? So yeah. that should be your homework assignment for that. And my homework right. assignment is going to be to test out the sprays. Yeah. And, yep. and yep. um, I'll go back to that. I, I don't, was that email? Probably that was an email thread, not text. Yeah, it's probably an email thread. Here, here's another, um, just throwing again, just the idea of what ifs, right? White glue. Why not? You're never going to get it flat. It's water-based. I don't think it's going to do the job. Even carpenters, you know, like yellow glue. I, when I say white, I meant yellow, like uh, tight bond. Tight bond. I suppose you could like try to squeegee it on, but I've I found even when doing static grass, that tacks up pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. So too tacky, maybe? Too tacky too quickly. Okay. White glue would be better, less aggressive, but maybe it doesn't, not tacky. I don't enough. think that's the stuff. I mean, it could, I know white glue wouldn't hurt the photo is what I'm saying. Wouldn't you hurt. think it wouldn't? No, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, there's, there's photo mounting uh, glues that they have that are not spray. Is that right? Oh, sure. Okay. What are those? How? What's the consistency? And how do I you mean, apply they, they are white and they have that similar consistency, but they're not like okay. Elmer's, you know what I mean? So Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it would be worth... Uh, your your issue is the scale. Right, it's the it's the size of the yeah it's it's the scale of it right. You you would okay. almost have to squeegee it right. You'd have to like maybe brush it, it that, like brush yeah. it on you know thick and then take a squeegee and just get a nice even thing because you don't want lumps. Yeah, no, you just glaze it on. You want to glaze right if yeah. in theory right. I, I don't. It, it's but again, that's something you'd have to test because you you just try some on a piece of styrene or something and and see how long it takes to. Be unworkable. Yeah, I'd have to do it on masonite. I'd have to prime right. a piece of masonite and try it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not, um, I just, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the spray option. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling the warm and fuzzy about the spray option with something so big. I would um, like a better know, option myself, you know? I mean, yeah, I just, not, not feeling it. So maybe we just do a little research on it. I can go over to the craft store, Michael's Crafts. They do photo mounting there and all kinds of. They probably have something. Hardware stores got stuff, you know. We'll think there's got to be something out. I think we're missing something here. We're missing. Maybe some people listening to this podcast might have an idea and say, "Hey, oh, listen, try, absolutely, try we are see, you know? open to ideas and suggestions." Yeah. You know, yep, absolutely. Maybe I should hit up Lance on this because you know I don't think I even asked him about that. Yeah, I would ask him. I mean, he doesn't. I don't, to my knowledge, he hasn't done anything. Uh, anything close to the scale no but he, but what he does do is a lot of adhering of photos you know sometimes in larger sure. photos to sure. do roofs and roads yep. and things like that yep. parking yep. lots so i'll see, i'll see if he has any uh, any thoughts on it yeah i would check to see what's in his toolbox that would be exactly. the first the first step even if um, it's what not to use you know he might say well whatever you're doing don't try using x yeah I, i'm just i'm Maybe for yours, the spray, I mean, you've got evidence that it works with the ransom thing, but if you're not comfortable doing that at Piston, Piston Junction, if you're not comfortable with that, then I don't think I'm going to have any level of comfort with mine. Right. Whatever these problem are, I have, yours is going to be more pronounced. Exponent. And plus the fumes with these sprays, I don't know what they smell like, but I'm not sure good. they're not good. Not no. good. 
So that's a problem. Um, right. That means because once you start the process, you can't just say, well, it's too stinky down here. We've got the windows, the doors open, the fans going, and it still can't breathe. I mean, mine is close to the outside door. I could literally open the door and have a fan going. So it's probably a little bit less of an issue. Uh, although yours isn't that far from that door either. It's just on the other side it's, of a wall. I spray that Krylon, you know, um, the camouflage paint. I was doing the Martin Spur down there, right by the door. I had a fan up on the layout. Yeah. I was spraying the track, and I was almost passing out. I'm like, this is this no. stuff is. Crazy. I think I told you when I sprayed the Kaiser Valley track, I hung that big uh, circular fan from a ceiling uh, grid. Yep. And opened the door. Yep. I think I did that you know, like on a, a nice October day. Yep. Sprayed the track, wiped it off, and got the got hell the, out of there. The left the fan going. Like I think I went for my that's walk. Right. And it smells for days, for days. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's some nasty stuff. That yeah. Not good. Be but good it, works, it. it works really good, though. Yeah. It looks fabulous. What I, what I would like is that in a can. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Um, Just doesn't yeah, seem to exist. Could, doesn't seem to exist. And, um, it is what it is. We try not to use toxic things. And so there's certain things that it just requires the most talk like lacquer thinner to right. in the track. Right? I don't like breathing, you know, using lacquer thinner, but it works right. for everything. Right. So, stuff like that. But well, in our last couple of minutes here, I just wanted to maybe touch on a couple of couple of future projects that we both have. So um an, another seed you planted in my mind some time ago was the PE expansion down the uh down the workshop yep. wall. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I, I basically mocked up uh, the footprint of that just okay. with furring strip, so yep. we could get used to the intrusion of that into the main mm -hmm. aisle. And yeah, I just and, and I've just left it like that. We're we're living with it, okay. and I've also designed uh, the bridge structures to cross the you know the doorway, and okay. also the passageway into the workshop for for materials. So that's something I would build out of steel, like like the like the swing gate, you know, and like the Hellgate bridge. Exactly. Exactly. So that is, um, I was actually thinking about that being the winter project, but cooler heads have prevailed. And I think I'm just going to yeah. let that furring strip stay there until right. after I really finish the, the Pittston yard and the Pittston junction project. But that's next because yeah, out of Pittston junction, it flows right into the P and E, you know what I mean? Right. So that would be right. in yep. order of business, probably what I would be yep. doing. Yep. Um, you've Sounds got your good. giant paper mill, which really you can't do any more on until your back right. goes up. Sound familiar? Yeah, I mean the track plan is in the track. The track plan is done. That the existing buildings are done. But yep. this this back just to give the listeners a an idea of what exists on this new backdrop. This twenty two foot long backdrop. It's the old New Portland backdrop plus another two thirds. And from the point where that one ended, what I ended up doing was I first started by um, putting in a, a, a long hillside, a distant hillside, which goes all the way down, 22, yep. stretch 22 feet around the L. And then on top of that, in Photoshop, I started layering things. I went on to a, uh, a couple, there's a bunch of websites that you can go to where you can purchase photos. Oh, well, these are the sawdust piles, right? Everything. I mean, yeah, I, just yeah. type, I type in um, wood chip processing at paper mill and dozens and dozens of photos. Ended up finding pictures for sale, which are you know, I don't know, 20 bucks for one-time use, high-resolution images yeah. um, of mills in Maine, Rum Rumford, Riley's, uh, various places, a pile of pulpwood or a, um, 
the Riley's Mill and the International Paper at Riley's, which is, um, uh, you know, on the Rumford branch of the Main Central, the biggest mill in New England. Pictures, fantastic pictures, just with the steam and smoke coming out. I said, right. holy crap, I, I got to figure out how to do this. So I would, I bought these images and sized them and integrated them into this existing mill backdrop. Big wood chip piles, um, pulpwood piles. This your integrated so, mill. So, yeah, so the whole thing has changed, right? So right. these existing physical three-dimensional buildings that are there will be in front of this huge complex. So now... And, and that whole right-hand side is all raw materials now, right? Yeah, so the... Piles and logs and... Yeah, chips and, and logs. What did you so, decide so, on the conveyor? Did you give any more thought to that? Not going to do it as a photo. We'll have to do a physical conveyor. Physical conveyor. Um, but yeah. th the biggest question is, so on the right-hand side, it, you know, additional track. We're gonna have to, I'm going to have to augment the existing track plan and have a separate yard. I'm going to have to have a set of crossovers where road jobs can set out here now. Right. As opposed to a, a dinky, dinky mill, this is going to become a bigger mill. Sure. And, um, you know, it, it also begs the question of what's the flow of, pro what's the process flow here? Currently, I'm going from left to right. I might have to reverse that and go from right to left since the that's where the raw materials are, right? Maybe you know. So those are the things hmm. I have to consider. Um, and that's so this. Uh, and this is the final frontier, isn't it? I mean, this is the last section. It's well, there's that, and then there's the there's the the scene of Oxford County after the um, East Andover Pole Yard when you come. That's to the wall. true. Right. That's just a. I could. That's a. I actually. It's a scenery project. That's a scenery project with a barn, essentially an abandoned barn and a field. That's right. all it is. Coming up to the steep grade, um, that's you know a relatively uncomplicated scene to do. And then the paper mill. You may want to start with that because as you exit that area, you're going to get up to the the area where everything is yeah. that, that you're talking yeah. about is, right? So yeah. once you segue yeah. into that, I mean, that's really yeah. your... I'm thinking of actually um, I, I'm contemplating in the next couple of weeks, maybe starting that rural scene. Just yeah. do it. Bang it yeah. out. Just well, you're it. in the mode also from having done New Vineyard. Yeah. I got to get back into eBay weathering and start that process up again. But I can probably do that scenery project in, uh, concurrently, you know, because it's, it's yeah. there's, no, there's no thinking involved. Right. See, the New Vineyard thing was endless hours of standing there. Staring at it. <laughs> Been there. Staring at that. Sometimes I'll do? just sometimes I'll just take a, like a high chair and just sit in it and just like you say, just yeah. stare at it. And meanwhile, right. the computer is going crazy. Yeah, picture all yeah. the stuff and that's pros right. and cons and you know absolutely. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's that. Unreal. That is the process. That is the process, right? Yeah. This other scene's already been. I've already done the track through there the barn is there's nothing to do i have the photo backdrop up it's a beautiful huge you know rural back i mean it's gonna be a killer scene right there's nothing to there's nothing to it it's just a bunch of grass all i have yep. to do is you know and it's not going to be static grass in this case i have to because of the way the grass looks on the photo backdrop i have to use jute twine Ooh. yep jute twine so this goes way back to the when i first started to build the layout the scene at Sandy River, if you look at it next time you're up here, you'll notice that the grass there that's laying, the laying down grass, the matted down yellow grass, yeah. looks, dif looks differently there than 
subsequent scenes I've done. And it looks that's a lot done with stuff. jute twine. That's jute. No, I didn't. Yes, that's so a company called Timberline Scenery Product. I guess they're long, long, long out of business. They used to sell this thing called tree branch fibers, and it used to come in these little packets. Now, somehow you were supposed to use these with their tree armatures to make branches. I said, I'm looking at it saying, this looks like perfect matted down springtime grass. Mm -hmm. And I started to use it in that scene and glue it down. It looks, it looks killer. And then I'm like, what the heck is this stuff? You know? And they wouldn't say, or I, I think I asked them like, what is this? They wouldn't say. And I finally figured it out. I'm like, this is jute. Wait, this isn't is that what they make rope out of? Yeah, jute. You know, they ever get a, a roll of jute twine? Yeah, it's for like for out gardening and some jute. It grows. It's a natural material, and and it's in a rope. So if you undo it, if you put little pieces of this in a blender with water, the jute twine, it just mangles it up into this. It looks like hair. And then remind you, me not to have a smoothie at your house. Don't have a smoothie. No, not 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 from that. <laughs> but you can make. Um, you know this grass by doing it's a it's a bit a labor intensive process, but you've done the blender it. thing with this stuff. Oh yeah, I tried it one, almost killed the blender because the blender's been through hell and you know with the leaves and the, <laughs> all the other stuff I blend up, but it worked. You know, I did a small batch of it um, and redid a little section of Carthage with this material, put it in, laid it out, glued it down, and just matted it down, and man, it looks killer. It looks the real thing. So because it's a natural product, it's not static grass. Yeah. Static grass looks great um, standing up. It really sure. does the job. But laying from matted down grass, the way that the fibers come together, it, it's, it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look nearly as realistic as this juke. So I'm going to have to do a lot of juke for this project. I was going to say, that's kind of a big area to be doing sort of manually, right? Yeah, I have to just, hmm. I'm going to have to blend a ton. I'm going to have to go through like a whole roll of jute. It's it's a, it's going to suck. But once you create the grass, you just, you know, you just plop it down and glue it and you're done. You know, it's, hmm. just, it's not, it's not a lot to do. Put a road in and a couple of some spare, you know, some deciduous trees and the, the scene's complete. The appeal of that scene is the Oxford County, you know, three S6s are oh, struggling yeah. up, you know, struggling up the 2% grade through there past this old barn and then, you're in and out of the scene in a minute. You're done. Yeah. You know? Yep. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed that that job last time, and and can I can definitely picture how uh, having that scene complete would really just you know. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to complete your run back up to North Rumford instead of going through this fully scenic area through Andover East Andover, then you're into plywood again. Right. For that climb, I'm in that same boat with the PNE because like ninety percent of it's plywood pacific and it's right. like stage yeah. you know what i mean that just has no appeal to me really. you're getting tired of it yeah i think that's oh, yeah. where i was tired of it immediately you get tired of that after well that's why like east dixfield um it's fully operational all the cars are there i took it offline that thing's offline right. there's no point who the heck wants to run that mill right. with no scenery and it's like that thing's been the thing that stinks with that and i'm finally glad there's a solution or a light at the end of the tunnel because um, that mill, if you think about it, East Dixfield been in, in operation for 10 years, probably. Unscenic. That's going to be the longest unfinished area of your layout of anything. That, that's been run continuously. You know, I can remember people that are no longer operating here uh, in the past that have operated that mill. Right. You know? I, mean, I know I did it a few times. Under the old, remember it used to be a twin, you know, a yard 
it was a, a a yard throw at each end and absolutely couldn't, couldn't reach anything. You needed a stool to work the job. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> really well, uh, the, any, anytime you tell me that we're going to have nothing to talk about, I'm going to remind you of this podcast. Yeah. You know how I feel about these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it won't be two years before we have the next one, but I do appreciate your coming on with this one. And I think we owe it to, uh, to folks to sort of, you know, close the loop on some of the stuff that we're talking about here you know there's a yeah. there's a story right. in these backdrops and in these uh, right. upcoming right. scenes so right we'll, we will definitely have to revisit that will do any parting That's words for the uh, for the faithful <sighs> spring is coming right the days are longer the sun is stronger yep. and um each day gets a little better the doldrums of november december are gone january was equally lousy but you know up here you know i was saying to you earlier before the call before we started in um northern new england here i mean it's been a very cloudy winter typically during the winter we have a lot of sunshine here. right no sun right it's been cloudy and that amplifies the sort of uh, right. so we're all it's not like you can to... visit summer downstairs like i can that's right and i go downstairs and it's brown and cloudy and it's like uh. i don't know 302 <laughs> is really liking it in pittston <laughs> 307 oh, 307 all that rs3 yeah i'm thinking i was thinking earlier that might have to because you're doing the rs11 i'm thinking that 307 might go back to the hgr might <laughs> See, this is the thing. I didn't repaint it. I just had the tiny little octi, O-C-T-Y. Because, uh, you know, I think of combinations of, of locomotives and the, the way the different prime movers work together and how they sound. And that would be kind of cool to run that with an arsenal. So we'll see. Well, thank you for documenting what really is the Mike Contalon experience um, that I can only hint at. So <laughs> <laughs> there thanks you go. Thanks again, Mike. And uh, until the next one, folks, have a great spring. Till next time.